Welcome to the FitPro Podcast, a brand new initiative from FitPro for forward-thinking professionals who want the latest information while on the move. We hope you enjoy this week's pod, and for further information about today's podcast, head over to our social media pages and start the conversation. And to offer feedback and suggestions for future podcasts, get in touch with us at publish at fitpro.com. Hello, Fit Pros, and welcome to this week's Fit Pro podcast. Today, I am joined by personal trainer Mary Huckle and the founder of the Walk the Walk charity, Nina Baru. Now, Fit Pro are incredibly honoured that Mary has decided to join our team, the Fit Pro Flamingos, for the famous Moonwalk London event on the 11th of May this year. Mary and Nina join us today to share their personal journeys and to highlight the importance of events such as the Moonwalk and for cancer research funding and care. Mary and Nina, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for having me too. (laughs) Great. Um, Nina, are you able to tell our listeners about your story and the moment you devised the Walk the Walk charity? Gosh, well, um, I think think what is the most remarkable thing about um, Walk the Walk is that I actually dreamt, I dreamt it up. I dreamt that I took part in the New York City Marathon in a bra to raise money for breast cancer. What was quite remarkable at the time is that um, I didn't know anyone with breast cancer or know anything about it. I'd never done any fundraising um, in that way. And I'd certainly never wanted to do a marathon. And so that alone was was sort of quite unusual. And I think what's sort of almost impossible to imagine now, even though it's just over 20 years ago, is that people did not talk about breast cancer. At that time, you know, cancer was the C word. It was something, you know, that you felt was a death sentence. And it was something that you nobody wanted to talk about. So it was, you know, not only was it sort of unusual, it was in, in quite contra- well, it was very controversial at the time because um, I sort of thought about the idea and I think if I'm really honest, I love the idea of a weekend in New York and the fact that it was going to do some good for charity was a complete bonus. And um, when, when, you know, I sort of played around with the idea for a few weeks and it was only when somebody said to me, um, well, are we going to do this walking thing that you suggested? And, I, you know, I just thought about it. And it was a very, very flippant decision. It's, am I doing anything in November? No, okay, let's, let's go for it. Let's try, let's go and do it. And we did. We, you know, there were 13 of us in the end that went off. We raised a lot of money, had a fabulous weekend in New York. We, we had a lot of attention because what we were doing was so different Mm. Um, and then within sort of eight weeks of me doing that I was diagnosed with breast cancer which was a complete complete shock and I think mostly because for most of my life I've been very much into massage into healing into eating organic foods so I think that for people around me for someone like me to get breast cancer it was a real um, eye-opener and it, it, and it really made 
people think, oh my goodness, anyone can get this. Yeah. And, and even worse, I was walking around looking completely normal. You know, you always imagine if you have something like that, it's going to be a big beacon on your head or you're going to look ill. And I didn't have anything like that. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that insight. Matt, I just wondered if Mary would like to um, input there when you mentioned about, you know, this, this, how people, you know, imagine what cancer looks like. I just thought that was quite interesting because Mary is, you know, I mean, has amazing health and is a great advocate for the health and fitness industry. So I wonder if Mary wanted to add in on that point. Um, can I just quickly just um, maybe sort of like just go back a few more, a few years to my sort of like just my journey, how my journey started. Um, I was diagnosed in August 2007 and I was at the peak of my fitness, um, very much healthy, you know, at organic food like yourself, Nina, um, you know, kept myself very fit through exercise. And I was probably at my busiest. Um, I've not long set up my own personal training business. And so it was a very, it was a real shock for me too when I got diagnosed because I looked so well on the ins- on the outside. And yet on the inside, I had this like, you know, storm going on, basically. Um, so that's, that's my story, how it started. But then I was cancer free for about seven years. And then I was diagnosed in 2014 with secondary incurable cancer. And that was also a big blow. Um, I suppose a bigger blow than the first time, because now I knew that the cancer that I had was incurable. But... Um, even so, all I could think about was getting back to running my business and, you know, even in that, with that second diagnosis, I wanted to get back helping other people and getting back um, on the road to fitness. And I must say that, you know, in, sort of like in, in relation to what Nina was saying, the, the fact that I've kept fit and healthy, I think, has kept me in really good stead. You know, and mentally, for me, it's like a really big thing to to keep going and just to sort of like stay active. It's been um, a real big thing for me. So, yeah, was, yeah. That, was that your yeah, question? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Originally? Yeah, no, it was. <laughs> yeah, I think it was, yeah, to focus how, you know, exercise within your you know, everyday life is so important to you. Yeah, it definitely, it's, it gives me a focus. And for me, it's a real measure of how I'm feeling. So although over the years I've had other, I've had subsequent diagnoses, um, I think each time it's, you know, getting back to exercise and getting fit again has always been my gauge. It's my measure. It's like, okay, so I'm well enough to go back to exercise now. That's a really good thing. And that's what I really focus on. Definitely. Yeah, that's great. And um, Nina, where, where are we now with, with the charity then? What are the um, sort of aims for the future and um, objectives, I suppose? Well, I, I think that um, we, we um, continue to grow and, and I think that when we, you know, it's not often that we sort of stop and take stock. Um, we're a grant-making charity, so all of our funding is mainly going to two key areas. It's going towards people that have cancer now and so that's with services, facilities and it's anything that's sort of a physical um, or emotional support that we can give to those people and then of course there's um, research which is everybody's future really um, so those two things they have changed over the 20 years and, and very much we, what the Walkers funded some of the most groundbreaking research that has been instrumental in changing how people are diagnosed, their treatment, and you know the the I think for primary cancers, and I think I'm sure Mary would agree that it's 
you know, we're, we're on the brink of saying it's treatable disease, and that, and that is absolutely fantastic. And, and just to support what you were saying is that now very much with our research, we're, we're focusing on secondaries and really wanting to have, create the same choices for people that are in that stage. And I think that is really vitally important for us. And at the same time, over the past 20 years, you know, whilst... Um, originally, there was always this thought that uh, diet, lifestyle, activity had a part to play in prevention. Um, we now have strong scientific evidence that that is the case. And, you know, sort of 12% of breast cancers could be avoided with, with changes to lifestyle. Now, you know, that's not that's not foolproof because clearly you're talking to two people that have led fit and very healthy lives but I but I think that that's very telling in the impact that lifestyle has on where we are so for us going forward um, promoting prevent you know promoting healthy lifestyles um, the importance of being active and um really sort of working on that prevention side is as important for us as helping those that have cancer or or sort of the research for the future. So we're looking at expanding our challenges. We're continually looking to where we can find new and exciting things to do. Um, and, And I think that we're evolving with what's happening with people. And I think that's very, very important. Mm, absolutely and just 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 to kind of link back I guess to the education uh, Mary might be well placed to answer this one in what ways can personal trainers um support their clients more more effectively I think you know there's a, there's a lot of gaps within the fitness industry there are you know a few cancer um courses for personal trainers to do but in my opinion there is still a lot of personal trainers aren't tapping into that market no, um where no. where do you feel the gaps are and how can personal trainers be more effective no, definitely. I, I mean, there are plenty of training providers out there who now do run courses, um, you know, for training people with cancer, you know, pre-treatment, during treatment and after treatment. But we do need to definitely, I think, you know, perhaps make it almost one of the modules that personal trainers actually do from the, from the outset. Mm. So as, as soon as they start doing their personal training, training then they should actually um, also be trained to work with people with cancer yeah. i mean it's like we know we know that you know it's, it's proven that um people who are going through treatment for cancer for example they fare much better than people that um you know that don't exit that, that don't exercise mm. so we need that, that exercise is crucial um for you know for both for physical and mental um for mental health as well yeah, so definitely it's something that really should be yeah you know it should be in all the training courses now can I just say something? Yes, Nina. Sorry, I was just going to follow, to follow on from Mary, and I was just going to say that I, I think it would be really, I think a lot of people maybe take up personal trainers, and, and it's to do with body image, probably, mm. primarily. And I think it would be really, you know, I don't think anybody wants to be told you must do this and you must do that for your health. But I think if it was... Uh, as part of a per- automatically part of a personal training package anyway that the benefits from a health point of view were included um, I think that would be really beneficial mm-hmm. definitely yeah I think uh, yeah that's what I was trying to sort of like make, make the point as well that actually it's um something that we should include 
you know, every personal trainer should have that. <laughs> and it's like, and the body image thing is quite important because it's quite difficult for people that have just had surgery, for example, you know, to go into a gym, you know, and maybe sort of like, you know, work out. And with somebody, with a personal trainer working closely with them who's had maybe some experience, um, it's a different ball game, you know, because I know from experience that people do just walk into a gym sometimes and just want to just do something to make themselves feel better. But the people on the gym floor don't have, work, don't have the education, don't have the education no. or the experience. And it's not just about physical health. It's about mental health, mm. mental health as well. Is, is there anything that you can offer trainers how you, you know, how, from your personal experience, maybe things that personal trainers should, should avoid doing? Even the language that mm. you, we use with people that have had cancer or have cancer. It's um, yeah, it's you do have to be quite sensitive, I suppose. Um, yeah, and it's just sort of knowing that, you know, one day that person might feel well enough to work out, but the next day they might be fatigued. And so you need that flexibility there as well. There's a lot. It's, it's, I think Nina will agree that there's so much to think about <laughs> when it comes to training somebody. Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to say that in, when it comes to cancer, I've always, for me, I, I've always described it as like walking along a path made of glass in bare feet. And everybody will find their own way through it, um, which is the least least painful way, you know, you hope. But every, every, everybody handles it different. And different things are important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, what was important, you know, I, at the time, my body image was really important because I couldn't imagine losing a breast. I just couldn't. I, I always felt like I could handle the cancer, but I couldn't, man- I couldn't, didn't know how to manage losing a part of my body. And, um, and then for other people, they just want to get rid of it, and that's not an issue. So it's about being able to accommodate, mm-hmm. I think, different emotions and different um, the, way, the way that people are handling it themselves. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so turning our attention to uh, the big walk, because <laughs> um, it's, it's fast approaching now. Like we're, uh, oh, don't uh, tell me that. <laughs> it, it really is. Like I, keep, I keep hearing the, uh, the, it on the radio, and oh, there it is again. Um, so uh, do you have any advice, Nina, for, you know, for first-timers that are, that are walking? I'm, I'll be a first-timer. I know Mary is uh, already a seasoned uh, moon, moon walker. Before, so. <laughs> um, well, you know, I mean, the... The, the big thing about Walk the Walk is that we we really bring all these challenges to people with the with the hope and, and the training plans and everything else with the hope that people will spend a few weeks preparing following the training plan and arrive on the day with an, you know maybe experiencing a new level of fitness and I think that the one big message I would say to anyone that's doing it for the first time is don't underestimate it because quite often you get people that go oh well it's just a walk that can't, that can't be difficult but when you combine that with it being through the night so that your body's already at a disadvantage mm-hmm. um, and I think I think you know most people can hack about nine or ten miles but it's after that um the more comfortable you can make it for yourself, the more you'll enjoy it and you'll enjoy what's going on around you. If you get to nine miles and your every step you take is um, purgatory in some mm. way, you're thinking, oh, wow, why didn't I go out? I've only done a four-mile walk. Why didn't I go out and do more? Um, you know, you're 
really just making it more difficult. So for, for complete enjoyment and experience and to to feel what it feels like to be a little bit fitter, I would say don't underestimate it and, and really follow the training plan. Yeah, most definitely. I, I, do, I second that. <laughs> I second that. And also perhaps is, um, you know, when you're doing your training, just wear wear the footwear that you're going to be wearing on the actual day. Yeah, don't try and don't new. don't try and break <laughs> in a, a new pair of trainers because that's like you're asking for trouble. Yeah, and like Nina says, don't underestimate it, especially if you're doing the 26 mile, the the, the full moon. Yeah. You, need, you need to train. You know, people just think it's walking, but actually you're walking a marathon. Yeah. So it's a long way, and it's through the night. And you have to be prepared for it. And like Ganina says, it's it's a really enjoyable experience. And one that I'll never forget. Um, yeah, because I actually enjoyed it. <laughs> so yeah, definitely follow the training plan. And I just I just thought of one other thing which is so often overlooked, and that is people don't hydrate before. So quite often what happens is people turn up on the night and think, Oh, I'm doing a marathon um, and then knock back loads of water and then spend every every loose stop they're, they're trying to sort of get into a loo and you know I think mm-hmm. a lot of people just don't realise that to actually hydrate your body you have to start weeks before oh, and yeah. I think yeah. I think everyone's guilty of not including me of not drinking enough water um, and that's I, I think that I don't know what Mary thinks but I think that's a really important and sometimes very overlooked part preparing for um, a challenge like this yes definitely, definitely. Yeah. most definitely Get enough sleep as well. Enough sleep, yeah. Enough sleep. And like you say, it's the run-up to the day. You know, you can't just get a couple of good nights sleep, you know, two nights before. It's like just being prepared. Yeah, I was going to... How do you... You know, obviously, because to stay awake... <laughs> yes, for the entire what, night. What did you... Did you do anything differently sort of the, the day I just made sure before? that... Yeah, I just made sure that I was quite rested, mm. that I was in a good place mentally. Um, and that I was just sort of like prepared for it being awake for the entire night it's just yeah I suppose the, the adrenaline must help as uh, well definitely and seeing, oh. and, and seeing all the people there in, in, you know that on the evening is just incredible it's just amazing it's a, it's a wonderful experience and seeing London at night is just yeah Quite so fantastic good. yeah and it's the um, so it's a disco inferno theme this year then Nina it certainly is. We, you know, we always try to think up something that will help everybody to um, decorate their bras and get into the sort of groove of the whole thing. So we thought Disco Inferno was a good one to do this year and uh, following our Western theme last year. And um, and I think it's going to be a really, really fun night. I mean, you know, the, the, the thing about the moonwalk is really it's about a celebration and it's about a fu- it's a fun. It's like a carnival. And I think you're right. I mean, the I think adrenaline keeps you going for at least half of the way round. Good, um, good, that's good. <laughs> you know, it's about being with lots of like-minded souls. And I can promise you, if you're walking along the street in a bra, it's a great icebreaker for somebody else that's walking along the street in a bra. And, um, you know, people get talking. And, and we always say that no one is ever at the moonwalk on their own because... Mm. You just make long, long lifelong friends as you're walking along. You know, it's a fantastic atmosphere. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. Fantastic. Well, we're asking everyone, as many listeners as possible, to come and join our FitPro Flamingos team. We're going to be hosting a team training walk on the 7th of April. Um, oh, wow. And we'll be walking around some of the Royal Parks. Mm. So that's really exciting. Um, now I just need to go 
and find some pink feathers and pink leggings. Oh, but I will I'm also um, I'm also doing the Hackney Half Marathon the following weekend. So if anyone signed up, then uh, you can take on both challenges with me. A double, a double whammy. No pressure, no pressure. <laughs> You'll be able to have a bra decorating party. People always seem to like sort of, it's great fun to come together with all your feathers and your bits and pieces and decorate the bras together. <laughs> yeah, I know, it should be good. Thanks yeah, so much. Brilliant. Thanks so much for your time today, Nina, and to Mary. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks, Mary. <laughs> That's okay. Thank you to you too, Nina. It's good to talk to you. <laughs> Yes, definitely. Yes. Some, somewhere amongst the, uh, <laughs> the many bras. Well, I'm sorry I couldn't see you today, but you got full view of me, so... <laughs> for more information about FitPro education and for details on FitPro membership and insurance, you can visit us at fitpro.com. We hope you enjoy the, today's podcast and see you next time.